You're listening to the Kin Podcast, episode number dos. And in this episode, we'll cover a topic that for years I've been getting asked about a ton in person and via email from readers of my blog. And that's achievement, particularly identifying too strongly with achievement and not knowing how to unhook from it. You're listening to The Kin Show, where we explore the intricacies of the human heart, faith, relationships, spirituality, parenthood, and more, celebrating our journeys as seekers. We believe in love, in giving more of it to every person we interact with and to ourselves. We believe in living with intention for our children, for our communities, and most importantly, for ourselves. We believe we are all one family, one kin kindred spirits loved unconditionally by God. And we believe it's more important to actually know God than to just know about God. Seeker, writer, photographer, your host Marcella Tremoro shares perhaps way too many personal stories and asks you the right questions to help you uncover what's best for your life. This is not our practice life, so let's make the most of it. Are you ready to hear inspiring interviews and coffee table chats with Marcella? Grab a cup of coffee and prepare to transform your definition of your dream life. Here's your host, boy band lover and master of deep conversations, Marcella Chamorro. So today we're talking about achievement and I bring up this topic because I keep getting asked about it and every time I bring this topic up on social media, on my blog, in the past, in person, so many people hate and also ask me for help with it because I usually share that I've made some progress um, when it comes to identifying with achievement or defining myself with my accomplishments. And there's a lot of questions there. How do you do that? How did it work? What is it like now? And so on. So I really wanted to make sure that this episode was one of the first episodes of the Kin podcast because it is a very popular topic and I want to be able in the future to point people to Episode two, very simple, on achievement. Um, And I understand that this is a topic that causes a lot of suffering. While it might not sound like it, it's just a lot of the cultural messages that we receive around achievement and our accomplishments, they start really young. They start really young. And depending on your upbringing and everybody's situation is very different, it does affect the rest of your life. Um, So... I'm going to start with my story. And and I'm going to do that because I said in the first episode of Ken, the last episode, that I will never tell you what to do. I'm going to, you know, share my experiences. And I think that it's important to go there. So I did all right in school. I was, I was growing up, I was a solid like A minus kid, maybe B plus sometimes. And I was totally fine with that. I mean, I always loved to read and write from a young age. And I remember my grandmother gave me, I think, my first journal, the Christmas that I was five years old. And I loved it. And I I had it for a while. I'm not sure where it is now, but um, I even remember I recorded my first crush from kindergarten in that, in that journal. And it had a lock and key and all this stuff. And I used to read Babysitter's Club, Little Sister, before I graduated to the Babysitter's Club and all this stuff. So I was really into the boxcar children and reading series and from a young age, big reader. As I grew up, um, I continued doing well in school, but I definitely wasn't like an overachiever in high school. 
you know, I was in some extracurriculars, but I wasn't like aiming for the National Honor Society or anything like that. And I was fine with it. Um, I was totally fine with how my grades were developing. And then I got into Boston College and I went to college, but I wasn't too hung up on my grades still. I did all right. I got a solid, like, I think 3.3 GPA around there, maybe 3.1. I don't even remember. That's how much I cared. And I thought no more of it. I learned, I enjoyed, and that was that. And uh, then I got a job at a nonprofit here in Nicaragua. I mostly made the choice to move back to Nicaragua where my family is from and where my parents live uh, and where I went to high school because my boyfriend, future husband, lived here and I wanted to give it a shot. I wanted to give it a good go. After my experience in college, I went to grad school in Madrid and it was wonderful, but I knew then that I wanted to come home and start my own business. I started blogging in March of 2010. I got the idea to start blogging after reading Gary V's book, <laughs> Crush It. And I had enjoyed it and people started asking me about stuff that I was writing on my blog and I was starting to get picked up as a consultant for social media and all this stuff. I was starting to like specialize, I guess, if you could uh, call it that. And I went to grad school. I decided I wanted to start my own business, but I came home and got married and started that business. And that business was very, very tumultuous. Um, I ran that business from 2012 through 2015. And those years were where the whole achievement thing, my accomplishments really, really got tied up in my identity. And that's when things started to go wrong. I started, you know, becoming hooked on achieving certain goals, like income goals. So if I made a certain amount of income a certain month um, as a business owner, it's not reflected the same the next month per se. Um, it fluctuates. And I became kind of fixated on always making more or landing a bigger client. Or, you know, I started being invited to do public speaking. And all of these things started kind of coming together to build up an anxiety around my achievements and needing to always level up when it came to how people perceived me and how much uh, success I was achieving. This stuff, this stuff is really hard. And what happens is we're kind of, in the human condition, there's something that's called the hedonic treadmill. And we're all suffering from it, whether we know it or not. So have you ever run on a treadmill before? I mean, you've at least seen one at the gym uh, or someone's home or something. We all know what a treadmill is. And we're all basically on a treadmill of our own all the time, one that runs in our heads. And what that is, is imagine it like a treadmill of desire. It never ends. And if it's not one thing, it's the next. So humans tend to quickly, no matter what you accomplish, humans tend to quickly return to a relatively stable level of happiness, no matter what life changes occur, for better or for worse. So a new job, new shoes, or an exciting trip to the beach, it's all the same. You accomplish it, you get it, you get that promotion, you get those new shoes, you buy that new iPhone, and the excitement quickly wears off, and we return to how happy we were right before the big change. So no matter what we're striving for, our level of happiness doesn't increase whenever we get what we quote-unquote want. 
So no matter what income goal I crushed, it was always, I was always looking to the next thing. And that I'm not the only one who does that. That's just kind of what we're all conditioned to be like, kind of sadly. Um, so the hedonic treadmill was making my life feel like a never-ending desire fest. And it's really hard to always want something else. Always think that the next thing is going to make me, quote-unquote, happy. Or if I just get that promotion. Or if I just land that client. Or if I just finish that project. Um, so achievement is something that affected me very strongly. And I was hardwired to seek out achievement in order to feel valued but it took me decades to realize it. And this business, this situation that was happening with owning my own business, it kind of exploded in my face and that it was impossible to ignore any more. And the anxiety of defining myself by my accomplishments was overwhelming. It left me in tears sometimes. And the only thing that helped me uh, shake that feeling was laughter. It's kind of weird, but I found like my own shortcut when I was feeling really, really upset. Um, there, I would just straight up Google like Mitch Hedberg or Ellen DeGeneres or whatever, have a good laugh and the tension immediately lifted. But I knew that that was not sustainable. Like the whole point of life is not to feel crappy and then have to like Google comedians, you know, it wasn't fun. It was miserable. And I didn't want to live that way anymore. So let's talk a little bit about why this happens. What is it that has us all up in arms about achievement? And now there's this quote from James Martin that I love. He's a Father James Martin from the Society of Jesus. He's a Jesuit. And I read this book that he wrote called The Jesuit Guide to Almost Everything. And it really rocked my world, um, like few books have in my life. And in that book, he talks about like disordered loves. And this is what he, how he explains what a disordered love is. We become excessively attached to persons, places, material possessions, titles, occupations, honors, and the acclaim of others. These things are good in themselves when ordered and directed by the love of God. They become disordered attachments or disordered loves when they push God out of the center of our lives and become key to our identity. So I came to realize that I had a disordered love in achievement and that it was defining me, it was affecting me, and I needed to eradicate it. But James Martin, Father James Martin, also made me feel better in the sense that he explained that I was not alone, right? And he had another quote in the book where he says the following. The problem was that whenever I considered earning a living, I thought mostly about the earning and nothing about the living. And I was like, yep, that's me. You know, I'm, I'm thinking more about landing the client than I am about how I feel, what my experience is every day. How would I rate my every day? Do I enjoy it? Is this worth it? What am I building toward? So uh, I took some time to think about it. And I had a lot of conversations with different people. And all the conversations that I have had have told me that a lot of people are living the same way. You know, we're told to light something and we go for it. And there's a lot of people that I know who go into, you know, medical school or legal work or stuff like that, very, you know, prestigious stuff. 
and careers because they think they're supposed to. And we're not really hardwired to think about ourselves first. We're hardwired to think about what other people think. And this is a really hard topic. And it's really hard to go against the grain on this. But I realized that because of me putting achievements so high on the altar, you know, and giving it so much a priority in my life, it was really hard for God to show up in my life. And that doesn't mean that God wasn't present with me. That doesn't mean that God doesn't love me. It's just that I couldn't feel, I couldn't feel it. And I felt so preoccupied. That's the word. I was preoccupied with achievement over my faith. And there's a beautiful C.S. Lewis quote that I love that when I came across it really shed light on what was going on and why that was happening. Um, And it really lays out what can happen when we're overtaken by disordered loves, and in my case, achievement. God shows much more of himself to some people than to others, not because he has favorites, but because it is impossible for him to show himself to a man whose whole mind and character are in the wrong condition. Just as sunlight, though it has no favorites, cannot be reflected in a dusty mirror as clearly as in a clean one. Constantly seeking other people's approval, um, our own approval, our value through our accomplishments is a thankless job. So let's talk solutions. Now, I know everyone's different. Everyone's experiences and upbringings and exposures to unhealthy messaging about achievement and our accomplishments are all radically different from person to person. But here are two ideas that helped me. And judging by conversations I've had with others around me, they've helped them as well. So remember from the last episode, I said I would never tell you what to do. (laughs) I'm only going to share with you my experience. So number one, I realized that I am not my successes and I am not my failures. Now, I don't take credit for this quote. I heard it uh, from author Donald Miller and at a conference in 2013, I believe. And it really just, my brain exploded. You know, I'm not my successes. And I sat there and I thought to myself, I, I have been swearing that I am. I, but I'm not. I'm not my successes and I am not my failures because a lot of the times when we're so obsessed with our achievements, we're not only thinking about how badass I am when, you know, I land that client or I make X amount of money this month. It's also how crappy we feel when we don't hit those goals or we're embarrassed or ashamed of a failure that has happened and we carry all of that pressure with us. But I'm not my successes. I'm not my business. Um, I'm not my Boston College degree. I'm not defined by how much money I have in the bank. You know, I'm not the web app that never did anything and I basically threw $10,000 away on. (laughs) Um, I am not my successes, but I'm also not my failures. You know, I'm still, I'm the curly-haired five-year-old who likes to wear comfortable clothes like overalls (laughs) and play sports outside. I'm a little spunky, strong-willed, but I'm fun. Um, And some version of me still dresses like that five-year-old. I love my Madewell overalls. Just ask my friends. (laughs) My dad makes fun of me for them, but I love them. I still am that little girl that's, and it's going to sound corny, but that's inside. You know, I'm just Marcela. That's me. 
and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of me. I'm still me for who I am, not what I do. And it also obviously, you know, when you come from a, a place of faith, you're not who you are because of your successes. You're who you are because God made you and because God loves you. And in the last episode, I talked a little bit about how I tell my son all the time, you know, I love you no matter what you do, no matter what you say, whether you're mad or you're happy, whether you behave or you misbehave, whether you're nice to your friends or you're mean to your friends, I will always hope that you take the high road, but no matter what you do, no matter what you say, I will always love you. And I know as a mother that no matter what he does, um, I will love him exactly the same not one bit less. It was so comforting to me to think that is how God feels about me. No matter how much money I have in the bank, no matter how high up I go in my public speaking or in my business or how many clients and how many uh, how big of my team is and blah, 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 blah. God's not going to love me anymore. He just loves me because he made me and because I am. I just am me, and he loves me for that. And that was a huge relief to me. And number two, um, <laughs> this one was kind of a bitter pill to swallow a little bit, but it's truth. So everything that you've accomplished isn't thanks to you. It's thanks to God. I mean, I'm not really responsible for my successes God is responsible. Um, so I really have no place in feeling proud or having my self-worth um, in this space of my successes because I didn't create those successes. God did. Like, of course, there's free will and we can go down that rabbit hole, which I won't right now. But there's nothing I could do to change the way that God made me. Just like God made me with black hair. Just like God put me in the family that I am in, that I was born into, just like God made me with big feet, a size 11. Um, God made me this way. And that is thanks to him, not to me. I didn't grow my feet this way. He made them this way. So that to me was also kind of a huge relief, you know, and we've been taught to measure our minds, like how much information can you hold up there? If it's enough, you might get a B plus or above um, on your tests and our accomplishments. You know, we're taught to measure our accomplishments. What college did you go to? How much money do you make? What kind of car do you drive? You know, I don't know people who would ask me directly how much money you make, but um, we internally are always conscious of that question. But also other people pick that up from different cues. You know, what purse do you have? What car do you drive, like I mentioned? Uh, what school do your kids go to and blah, blah, blah. And all of that will eternally leave you wanting more of the hedonic treadmill that I mentioned earlier. So, you know, there'll always be a new book to keep up with, a new test to pass, a new car out on the market, a new colleague at work to keep up with. There's no satisfaction and there's no peace and serenity in that never-ending race. But there is one thing that you can measure and one thing that can define you and that's your heart. I like to think to myself nowadays, how loving are you being with the people around you? How present are you being with your children? 
when something happens at home, how are you connecting with the person instead of correcting? You know, my house, there's no screaming. It's a very peaceful house for having two boys, four and under. Um, it's a very peaceful house. And that doesn't mean that they don't play outside and scream of, out of joy. But there's no, you know, come here, come back. No, I don't, I don't do that. Um, and I don't take pride in that. I thank God for helping me get there. Um, I don't take credit for that. I give God credit for all of that. So going back to how I got here, you know, I closed my business in the beginning of 2015 and, you know, I, I found my team, new jobs. I finished, that was very important to me. My team is, and always will be like family. I still talk to them. I love them. Um, I help them out however I can, whenever I can. And so I found my team, new jobs. I finished all my client projects and I found clients that were kind of recurring. I found them a new home at a new agency and I was free. I was free to go through achievement withdrawal, so to speak. <laughs> I had no income, no projects, nothing to do but spend time with my six-month-old baby and take care of the home, which I hadn't really done before. In full disclosure, I mean, I understand how lucky I was to have this opportunity that my husband's income was sufficient for our family for that period of time is a huge, huge privilege. Um, I was able to take a breather and unhook from achievement kind of in a cold turkey kind of way. I ripped a Band-Aid off in one fell swoop. But none of this is a one and done kind of thing. It's a progression, sometimes a slow one, and it takes work. And there will be dips back into, you know, loving achievement for what it is instead of, you know, how much you can build your life in a different kind of way. So, yes, money is a wonderful thing for giving your children education and food and all that, but it's not helpful if the goal is to make more money just so that you can feel proud of yourself. Heavy doses of self-awareness and reflection are necessary. You know, lots of analyzing your intentions, uh, thoughts as they arise, because hidden motivations can be sneaky sometimes. And a lot of times, if you just take a moment to analyze your intentions behind a decision, behind your feelings, behind your thoughts, you know, that can be enough. Um, but putting in the work is enough. Being in process of is enough. And it's all we can do. Now, I just finished Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. And at the end of it, I think in the last chapter, she has a beautiful quote where she kind of defines what becoming to her means. And she says, Becoming isn't about arriving somewhere or achieving a certain aim. I see it instead as forward motion, a means of evolving, a way to reach continuously toward a better self. Tough topic. And I realize that it's kind of a heavy episode. <laughs> but, you know, I want to make sure that I hit those heavy topics. And this is one that if you become aware of it, if you become more in tune with your intentions, then there's a whole new possibility that opens up so many new life opportunities that you maybe had never considered start becoming opportunities again because and possibilities that maybe you had discarded because they didn't fit in with your worldview of you know seeking always more and more and more achievement 
But if I can f- help free you of some kind of chain that achievement is holding over you, then, you know, I'll do it. I'll take the hit. I'll be the boring or the intense or the deep podcaster that goes there. And so this is hard stuff, but it's important. And it has changed my life like you can't even imagine. I'm a whole new me, right? I'm still in process. This is hard work. It's never done. But I wouldn't be recording this podcast. I wouldn't be on this kin journey if I hadn't done the work when it comes to accomplishment first. And all of my previous life experiences have brought me to this place right now to be able to share that with you, I think is a beautiful thing. And like I said, I don't take credit for this. It's all thanks to the big guy. So thank you, God, for all of those experiences. And I hope that this opens your eyes a little bit. Just if it's just a little bit for one person, you know, I'll, I'll say it again. If this show just helps one person, that makes all the time, the effort, the fear that I feel, right? Putting all of this out there. It's not easy. Um, it'll make it worth it. And so if you're that one person out there, I am grateful for you. So that's it for today. Thanks for listening to The Kin Show. You can check out this episode's show notes at kinpodcast.com. I'll have all the information I talked about here, including all the quotes that I mentioned over at kinpodcast.com. And a very special thank you to my friend Mario Callejas for providing the music for this show. You'll listen to it on the outro and the intro. Check him out on Spotify to listen to my favorite song, Yellow, and a few others. So search for Mario Callejas on Spotify. He's the bomb. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you could hop on over to iTunes and rate and review The Kin Show. It'll help more people find and enjoy the show as well. And I'll, again, be ever so grateful. Stay tuned for the next episode of Kin.